Hey everyone, it's Adam and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Well, hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you guys are doing so very well today. If we've not met before, my name is Travis. I get to be our campus pastor for our Sertoma campus on the very beautiful and very sunny west side of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, what's up, Sertoma campus, by the way? Other campuses, network churches, uh, it truly is just an honor to get to be with you guys today. Uh, so I mentioned that I am a pastor, of course. Uh, one of the things that I love about being a pastor is that I get to do weddings for people. And I love weddings. I think weddings are cool. I kind of love love. I love getting to know the couple. I love getting to know their crazy family. Uh, So I love weddings. But one thing that I don't love about weddings um, is I don't love standing around by myself at the reception after the ceremony. Um, And part of the reason why I don't love that is because it seems like people don't have any idea how to act around me. Like, they'll run into me or bump into me or something like that. They'll say something really normal like, oh, hey, or oh, excuse me. But then, then they'll notice that I was the pastor in the ceremony, and their entire demeanor just starts to change. And they're like, oh, hey, uh, hey, you, 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 sure, you sure did a good job up there today. You did. You did a really, that, those words that you said were sure good as they try to casually hide the two beers they're carrying behind their back. <laughs> And for whatever reason, they always feel obligated to share with me their church attendance. They're just like, well, yeah, I mean, I go to, I go to church. I go to church. Of course I do. I, I got to get back. I got to get back. Uh, it's been too long. Pastor Tom, you know Pastor Tom, of course, because all pastors know each other. And he's just like, he's great. I got to get back to him. And these beers, no, these, these beers aren't for me. No, I was, I was actually just showing them to somebody. They're not going to drink them either. We're not, we're not going to drink them. We're not going to drink them. Um, I just want to encourage you, if you ever want me to do your wedding, um, your Uncle Mike, he can drink beer around me. I just want to give you permission right now. And everybody, everybody can just be really casual, you know, just really normal about pretty much everything. Um, but I get it. I get it. I do this too. Like people have, uh, people think that I have a certain expectation for them because of what I do for my job. And I do this too. Like I think my financial advisor doesn't think I save enough money. I assume that my dentist expects me to floss more. I assume personal, play, uh, personal trainers want me to work out more and go to the gym more. So I get it. I get it. But as we get started today, um, I want you to know that as a pastor, I don't expect anything from you today. Instead, my only hope is that we would have something for you. Uh, Because we're in this message series called For Us, Not From Us. Talking about generosity, talking about giving, and how that is about what God wants for our lives, not what he wants to take from our lives. Um, And last week, Pastor Adam, he talked about uh, giving our money, financial generosity, and how giving our money is not about what God wants to take from our lives. Instead, he wants freedom and peace for our finances. But that only happens when we actually trust God uh, with our money. So it's a great message. If you miss it, you should check that out. But today, uh, today we are talking about generosity with our time talking about serving, volunteering, giving of our time, and about how that is also about what God wants for us, not what he wants 
from us. So uh, as we jump in, I want to jump right into the for us part. How is, how is serving, how is volunteering, how is giving of our time for our benefit? And I could probably think of a few reasons uh, or a few things on my own, but I think when you can Google stuff. Uh, so this week I Googled benefits for volunteering. I just want to share the list with you that came back. So uh, benefit number one for volunteering it builds your local community, and of course it does. Like a lot of nonprofits that you would volunteer at serve our community. So of course, volunteering would benefit uh, your local community. Number two, uh, volunteering builds bonds and creates friends. And it does. When we work alongside people, when we have mutual experiences with other people, we build friendships with them. Uh, number three, really practical one, provides better job prospects. We can add volunteering to our resume, let future employers know that we care about other people, we're not selfish, that's a good one. Then the list got a little bit interesting for me. Reason number four, burns stubborn belly fat. I mean, I guess. I promise, like, this was actually on the list. I didn't actually like, click on a link or anything like that. Apparently, volunteering burns stubborn belly fat. Number five, improve self-esteem. Well, yeah, if we don't have that stubborn belly fat, we're going to all feel a little bit more confident uh, in ourselves. And then finally, number six, reason number six, if true, easily the most compelling reason to serve reduces risk of Alzheimer's. And this is a true one. They cited something called the Journal of Gerontology, which I'm not really sure what that is, uh, but it sounds really official. And apparently, if you serve, if you volunteer, it's proven that it will reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. So again, serve if for no other reason to not get Alzheimer's disease. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, we didn't really need this list, right? Like I, like I mentioned, I probably could have thought of some benefits for volunteering. I bet you could have thought of some benefits for volunteering. Nobody's arguing that there aren't amazing organizations out there, right? People that, that help the homeless, that feed the hungry, that mentor young people, hospitals, schools, all these different places. Nobody's saying that we shouldn't help these people, and nobody's even saying that it isn't good to help these people. And I think that in a lot of ways, we would all believe that it would be good for us in some ways to help people. But the problem is, like with a lot of things that we know are good for us, uh, many of us still don't do it. Um, in fact, all the research around volunteering says that three out of four of us don't do it. 75% of us don't volunteer. And so if we know that it's good for us, um, why is it that the vast majority of us don't do it? It's certainly not because we don't want to burn that stubborn belly fat, right? And it's certainly not because we don't want to help people. So why? Well, I think one of the obvious reasons might be time, right? We want to volunteer our time. We just don't have any time. We have busy schedules. We have jobs. We have kids. We have responsibilities. We would love to give our time. We just don't have any time to give, I think that's a really valid reason, um, but Jesus, he actually says something really interesting to us about time in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. It'll be on the screen. I didn't bring my Bible today either. Um, so Matthew chapter 6, here's what Jesus says to you and to me. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? 
So again, we're talking about time here, specifically how we don't have enough of it. And this verse, on the surface anyway, is all about worry. Jesus tells us, hey, don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. God is going to take care of all of that. Jesus says, if, you, if, if God takes care of these birds, and according to Jesus, apparently do nothing, right? Jesus is down on birds. He's like, look at these dumb birds. They do nothing. They don't store, they don't reap, they don't do anything. If Jesus takes care of these lazy birds, he will certainly take care of you. And then he finally gets to time. On the very bottom, he says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So again, according to Jesus, we worry about what we're going to wear. We worry about having enough to eat and enough to drink. And we worry about our time, and specifically that we won't have enough of it. Then here's what Jesus says to all of us. He says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. So what is he saying to us? He's saying, trust me. He's saying, trust me. Trust me that you're going to have enough food to eat, Trust me that you're going to have water to drink. Trust me that you're going to have clothes to wear. And by the way, trust me with your time. Jesus says, seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is telling us that there is a way that God's kingdom works that's just different than ours. God's kingdom, it just doesn't work like ours. In our kingdom, when we give something away, we lose it. But in God's kingdom... When we seek him with our time, somehow we have enough of it. In God's kingdom, when we seek him with our life, somehow we have everything that we need. And what Jesus is saying to us is he's saying, trust me. Just look for me and I'll look out for you. Trust me with your time, follow me with your time, and you will have enough of it. Did another Google search this week, because again, why think when you can Google? Um, And I Googled why people don't volunteer. Why don't people volunteer? Because, of course, time is one of them. But if 75% of us aren't volunteering, I was thinking maybe it would be other reasons than time. Uh, So I Googled it. Here's what came back. It said people said that they would volunteer more if they were more interested in the work being done. People said that they'd volunteer more if they knew they could stop any time without consequences. And then finally, people said that they would volunteer more if the place they were volunteering at was closer to where they live. So that was it. Those are the top things that came back. Uh, people would volunteer more if they were more interested. They'd volunteer more if they could quit anytime they want. And they'd volunteer more if the place needing their help was closer to where they live. Now, as I read through this list and kind of processed through this list, I tried to set aside like my own opinions. Again, like I'm trying as a pastor to not have like a bunch of expectations for people, but as I sat with this list, I was like, isn't this, isn't this kind of sad? Isn't this kind of sad? Like people are saying that they don't want to volunteer because they're not interested. And meanwhile, there are organizations all over this country trying to create a safe, warm place for people to sleep at night so they don't freeze outside. Meanwhile, there's nonprofits who are trying to mentor young people so they don't end up freezing outside one day. Meanwhile, there are these organizations who are caring for the sick, who are educating an entire generation, and many of us are like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't really interest me. 
Yeah, like, you know, if I knew I could quit whenever I wanted to, maybe I'd give that a try. Yeah, if it was closer to my house, maybe I would do that. Again, I'm not trying to be negative, but isn't this just a little bit sad? I heard someone once say that if we orient our entire lives around ourselves, we are all that we have to show for our lives. If we orient our lives around ourselves, we are all that we have to show for our lives. Meaning if we keep this mindset where we only look in, where we only look out for our good, our benefit, we end up at the end of our lives with only us to show for ourselves. No lasting impact, no legacy, just us. And we're great, of course, but don't we want more than that? Don't we want to make an impact on other people than just ourselves? Don't we want to leave a legacy for people to enjoy long after we're gone? Guys, serving, volunteering, giving of our time. We can change the entire trajectory of somebody else's life. And the crazy thing is, just as importantly, we can change the entire trajectory of our lives. In this verse, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to us as well. One of the things that we get back when we give, when we trust God, when we seek him, is we get to become more like Jesus. And that's a really good thing, and that might be kind of cliche to say, but being like Jesus is a really good thing because that dude had a bunch of peace. That guy was not restless. That guy did not worry. Instead, Jesus had this deep, sweet relationship with his heavenly father. And he didn't have a bunch of worry. He didn't have a bunch of restlessness in his life. Instead, he had joy and he had hope and he had peace for his life. And that is one of the things that God wants for us. When we do the things that Jesus did, we get the things that Jesus had. So again, God tells us, Jesus tells us, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All of these things will be added to us as well. So what does it look like to seek God's kingdom? Well, thankfully, we don't have to guess. That's one of the, one of the things that I love about scripture. We don't have to like, try to figure out, like, what should we do with our life? Jesus, he actually lays it out for us. One of the things that Jesus says to us is that we, we, should, um, we should serve and not be served. He said that in Matthew 20, Jesus came to serve and not be served meaning that we exist on this earth for the benefit of other people and we should expect nothing in return. If we want to follow Jesus and get the things that he got, we are to serve other people and expect nothing in return. One thing that Jesus said is that the kingdom of God belongs to young people, meaning that if we want to follow Jesus closely, our job is to invest in the next generation to care for kids, to show them the love of Jesus, let them know that they are loved and seen. And finally, Jesus, he tells us that we are called to seek and save the lost. That's what he came to do, to seek and save the lost. Meaning that our job, if we decide that we are a follower of Jesus, our job is to look out into our lost and broken world and let people know that they have hope in Jesus. But again, this is about what God wants for us. Not all these things that he wants from us. He wants these things for us because he wants us to have his peace. He wants to have his joy in our lives. So I do believe, though, as followers of Jesus, we're called to do this. And we're called to do this everywhere and in every situation. Um, but if you're not already, I have one very specific action step for all of us today. And that action step, again, if you're not already, one of the most practical things that you can do to seek God and serve him is to find a place to serve within your church. 
to find a place to serve wherever your local church is. And our church, if you're a part of Embrace, just so you know, our church, we exist to relentlessly reach the next person for Jesus. Meaning that our passion, our mission as a church is to reach out to this world and let them know that they have hope in Jesus. Our mission as a church is to let young people know who haven't been like beaten down this, by this world yet that they can start a foundation for their life on Jesus so that when the storms of life eventually do come, they have a foundation to stand on. I've got two young girls myself, and my wife and I, we need the help of this church to come alongside our two girls and to show them Jesus and show them that they are loved and cared for. And if you have kids, you need that too. We're in this together. One of my favorite things that I get to do during the week is I get to go and hang out with our our middle and high school students sometimes on Wednesday nights. And it is just so powerful. I thank God every time I'm there to see all the volunteers who are there creating this space for these middle and high school students who just spend their week doing whatever. Middle and high school is tough right now. And they can come into this group and they can feel safe. They can feel seen. They can feel loved just as they are. They don't have to put on a show for God. They don't have to measure up to anything. Instead, they are loved just as they are. But it wouldn't be possible without people serving and volunteering in that area. On Sunday mornings and during the week, we create a space for people to come and worship God and encounter him. Hopefully you've experienced something like that before, where God has spoken to you in a way while you were here, something that encouraged you, gave you hope. That's what we do here, but it would not be possible without people working and serving and giving of their time to do that. And one thing that we get to do is we get to do that for the next person. So again, one powerful step that you can all take today, that we can all take today if you're not already, find a place to serve within the church. But again, not because of what God wants from you, but what he wants for you. I know for me, I've been a pastor for almost six years now, which is really crazy to think about. But prior to becoming a pastor, uh, I volunteered as a youth group leader, as a small group leader, as a greeting team member, a member of the finance team, set up and tear down pretty much every area besides the worship team, because apparently I don't have the right sound. Uh, I just think people are jealous of the skills. Um, But I don't share all of that with you to brag or anything or for you to think I'm holy. In fact, the opposite is true. I'm incredibly selfish. Just ask my wife. We talk about it like all the time. She's like, you're selfish. I'm like, I get it. But listen, I orient my life. I try to orient my life around serving other people, benefiting other people. Because when I do, my life just works better. Our verse, again, it says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all of it will be given to us as well. It doesn't just say, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's not it. That's not the verse. He doesn't just stop there. God doesn't just say, hey, do these things for me. You have to do them. Do, 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 do. No, instead he says, do these things, and when you do, all of these other things will be added to you as well. It doesn't work out on a calculator. It doesn't work out on a calendar. But what I've found with my own life is when I do these things, when I give to God my energy and my talent and my time, I get everything that I would ever want in return. Thankfully, thankfully, we don't have to even just take my word for it. Um, Some really good friends of mine, Nikki and Danny, have a similar story. We wanted to share that with you as well. Let's check out their video. When I first met Danny, he was very involved in his church. And, you know, I grew up in the church. 
and I did what I was supposed to do. I was in church, but I never really knew what it meant. You know, as, as we continued on and, and life got busy and we started having kids, you know, I lost my way in the church. And um, it wasn't until just, uh, you know, about a year ago, I, after everything that's happened in the world and how stressful things are in our jobs, I came to Danny one day and I said, ah, something is missing in my life. And I couldn't figure out what. And, and I was sitting there and I realized, oh my goodness, my faith is gone. And my relationship with God is gone. Danny was the first one to start to get involved with Embrace. I felt it tugging to me like um, I need to get involved again. But I didn't know how and, and that's when Travis approached me and when he had asked if I'd come do the first impressions I thought oh my goodness this is what I do every day I talk to people I can do this and I never knew it was going to be such a game changer for me. I would have never come to anybody and said hey I want to serve on the church. Yes I knew in my heart I wanted to but I didn't know how to get involved. We've noticed so many connections with the people from first impressions to prayer team to e-kids to production to worship. Um, just all the people we've met through Embrace. Um, it's just been such a blessing for um, us too. And then just to see our kids get so excited to, to come to e-kids and, and come early and hang out. It's just been so fun for our whole family just to really get involved with Embrace. I want them to realize their relationship with God and how that can improve their life and to know how loved they are, not by just us. I mean, we look forward to Sundays. The whole family does. It's our priority. We both get excited. The kids get excited. We know Sundays and what it means to us. And when we miss it, I think now, we really miss it. I've had such good relationships with the people that are on First Impressions and, and learning about everybody in their lives and what connects them to God. And It's really just kind of a family aspect that I think we are both missing. I think for me, uh, as a team member, I just, I feel whole again. It was the part I was missing. Um, to be part of such an amazing community of people that love God and want to share His Word um, has given so much joy to me. It's been such an eye-opening. Um, and I didn't realize growing up that this is the relationship you want with God. This is, you don't go to church just to listen. You go to church to find yourself. Can we just put it up for Nikki and Danny's story? I love so much of what they said, but I think my favorite thing that was said was right at the very end when Nikki said, you don't go to church just to listen. You go to church to find yourself. And the thing that I love most about that is it implies that Nikki didn't go to church to find herself. But while she was here, she did. It reminds me of this verse because it's talking about seeking first God's kingdom, God's righteousness, and when we do, all of these things will be given to us as well. Meaning that when we take steps of faith toward God, toward seeking him, toward what he has for us, he just does things for us that we can't even think about that we can't even imagine is in our future, and yet he just wants so much for us that he just gives it to us. She's like, I didn't even know that I was looking for myself, but when I sought God, he helped me find it. In God's kingdom, it just doesn't work like our kingdom. 
In our kingdom, when we give something up, we lose it. In God's kingdom, when we give something up and we trust him with it, we have everything that we need. So maybe, maybe we think that we need more time. Maybe we're really, really busy. We think that we need more time. But maybe what God has for us is more purpose. And if we have more purpose, then maybe we wouldn't need more time. Maybe we think we need more recognition. Maybe we think we need a promotion at work. Maybe God thinks... And what he has for you is for you to make an impact and change the life of somebody other than yourself. Maybe you don't even know what you need. You just know that you're missing something. Well, God's promise for you is that whatever it is, he has it when you seek him. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All of these things will be given to you as well. All of it, whatever it is that you're missing, will be given to you. And again, I can't prove it to you on a calculator or a calendar, but it's true. It's a promise from God, and only he knows how to fulfill it, but he will. Our job is to seek him, and his job is to figure out what it is that needs to be added to our life, and then he's going to do it promise that he's going to do it. More importantly, he promises that he's going to do it. Again, this giving thing, it's about what God wants for us, not from us. So take a step today. Get involved today. Start serving today. Start giving your time and just watch all the things that God has for your life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for having so many things for us. Thank you for knowing us so well. Thank you for knowing the desires of our hearts. Thank you for knowing the things that we think about and worry about. And thank you for caring for every single one of those things and taking care of every one of those things, Lord. You're such a good God. Help us to take steps of faith, Lord. Would you create space in our calendar so we can start to trust you in some different ways, Lord? Would you show us how to trust you with our lives, God? so that we can start to take advantage of all these incredible things that you have for us. God, help us to trust you. God, we do trust you. We pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.